It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, August 17th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. California holds its breath as the state waits to hear what the ongoing Colorado River crisis means for residents. And therapists in Northern California and the Central Valley hit the picket lines, striking against healthcare behemoth Kaiser Permanente. This and more coming up on the California Report. Then the California News Service wades through jeers and cheers in response to the Inflation Reduction Act. We'll bring you local news and weather before KVMR's Felton Pruitt gives us the details on an upcoming presentation about communication and dementia. We close with the commentary by Shirley Frerichs. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. The federal government has announced new emergency cuts for states relying on water supply from the Colorado River, but so far, California has been spared. The seven states that rely on Colorado River water have not been able to come to an agreement on the best way to drastically reduce water use, as much of the West faces extreme drought conditions. The river's two main reservoirs, Lake Mead and Lake Powell, are both nearly three-fourths empty. And so the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation has cut water supplies to Arizona, Nevada, and parts of Mexico. Michael Cohen with the Pacific Institute in Oakland says projections remain bleak, which could be bad news for those who rely on the Colorado River in Southern California. California, based on a long legal history, to date has been immune from that kind of cutback. But these projections did show that likely in 2023, Based on on these projections, California will also suffer pretty significant cutbacks, possibly 300,000 acre feet or enough water for some 900,000 households. Cohen says the water supply from the Colorado River has been a reliable source for Southern California residents and businesses. But with cuts expected in the coming years, it could be problematic for the entire state. So as less water is available from the Colorado River, that's going to put additional pressure uh, on the Central Valley and the Bay Delta, and, and these Southern California users are going to look not only to additional conservation efforts within their service areas, but also look to get additional water from Northern California. Cohen says the biggest impact may be felt in the Imperial Valley, which uses the greatest amount of water from the Colorado River. There are particular concerns about what this would mean for agricultural businesses, public health, and the ecosystem in that region. In other news, the oil industry has dropped its opposition to a bill that would increase fines on California refineries that violate air quality rules. That's after lawmakers watered down the legislation behind closed doors. KQED's Ted Goldberg reports. When Bay Area Assemblymember Buffy Wicks first proposed tripling penalties for refinery violations earlier this year, the Western States Petroleum Association was opposed. The proposal sailed through multiple committee hearings and passed the Assembly. But late last week, the state Senate Appropriations Committee amended the bill. It lowered the cap on fines for multiple violations and narrowed the cases in which the penalties would increase. Now, a spokesman for the Petroleum Association says the industry group no longer opposes the bill, which is due for a vote on the Senate floor by the end of the month. For the California Report, I'm Ted Goldberg. Former Central Valley Congressman T.J. Cox pleaded not guilty Tuesday to more than two dozen federal counts, including wire fraud, money laundering and campaign contribution fraud. KVPR's Sarith Hawk reports. 
The Justice Department unsealed an indictment against the former Democratic congressman alleging 28 federal crimes. Prosecutors say Cox acted with intent to defraud through several companies he was involved with. On multiple occasions, Cox is accused of diverting business wire transfers into his own personal bank account. The indictment says he fabricated bank statements and loan guarantees that cost investors and borrowers millions. One charge alleges financing fraud for his 2018 run for Congress. Cox upset incumbent David Valadeo in the 21st District back in 2018, serving one term in Congress before losing the seat back to Valadeo in 2020. Cox was arraigned in federal court Tuesday and released from custody on the condition that he restrict travel and surrender his passport ahead of his next court date in October. Each count carries a maximum of 20 to 30 years in federal prison, plus fines of nearly $2 million. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Sidewalks in front of Kaiser facilities in Northern California and the Central Valley are packed with striking mental health care providers again today. As KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg explains, state regulators are monitoring the situation closely to ensure patient care is not impacted. Picketers in Oakland carry signs that say, safe staffing now. Jason Lechner says Kaiser does not give him enough time to carry out tasks like answering phone calls and emails or referring patients to other experts. If I need to communicate with your primary care physician about substances you're abusing, where's my time to do that? He's a therapist focused on addiction services for youth. Lechner says he and his colleagues regularly work an extra hour or two each day completing administrative work. He wishes he didn't have to go on strike to get Kaiser's attention. He says all adolescent services have been canceled in his clinic this week. There's no groups, there's no sessions, there's nothing. It's unacceptable and it has damaging consequences for those patients. That's Dan Kalb. He's a city council member in Oakland. He marched alongside Kaiser workers. State law requires health plans to offer patients timely care even during labor strikes. Regulators say they are monitoring consumer complaints about Kaiser's compliance closely. The healthcare giant says it will focus on urgent situations, but some ongoing appointments may have to be rescheduled. For the California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. House Speaker and San Francisco Representative Nancy Pelosi held a telephone town hall with a panel of experts on the monkeypox outbreak Tuesday. Dr. Peter Chin Hong of UC San Francisco has been treating many monkeypox patients. About 10 to 30 percent of people have been hospitalized. They usually get hospitalized not because of monkeypox going crazy, but because of pain or because of skin infections that occur from the bacteria on the skin because it's almost like a burn patient where you have these openings and the bacteria in the environment can get inside. 
Pelosi said recent news that an additional 442,000 doses of vaccines being made available to states is good. But she added more will be needed. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, August 17th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. The Inflation Reduction Act talks a big game. It aims to curb U.S. carbon emissions by half over the next eight years. And this has California conservation groups cheering. However, some don't feel the bill goes far enough. California News Service's Suzanne Potter explains. As President Joe Biden gets ready to sign the Inflation Reduction Act into law, California conservation groups are hailing it as the country's largest ever investment in the battle against climate change. The bill puts $369 billion into projects to reduce carbon emissions, boost clean energy, mitigate damage from climate change, and more. Yurok Tribe Councilmember Philip Williams says the money could supercharge his tribe's effort to restore their land after 150 years of environmental degradation. It's a great start to help fix the environmental damage that's been done on the Yurok Territory, from gold mining, clear-cut logging of our redwood trees, and then damming of our rivers. The Biden administration set a goal of reducing carbon emissions by half over the next eight years. The climate change projects funded by the Inflation Reduction Act are expected to help the U.S. cut greenhouse gases by 40 percent. Opponents cite cost concerns. Alex Cornell Duhu, president of elected officials to protect America, wants Mr. Biden to declare a national climate emergency to cut emissions by that remaining 10 percent. A national climate emergency declaration would scale and accelerate clean energy so that we reach the 50 percent by 2030 that the scientists show will avoid the worst effects of climate change. The bill just passed both houses of Congress and now awaits a signature from President Biden. Supporters say the effort to tackle climate change will prevent billions of dollars in climate-related damages going forward while creating jobs in frontline communities. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Now let's take a look at today's regional news. The search for missing teenager Kylie Rodney is nearing the two-week point. Quote, We are still looking for any clues, videos, tips, any information to help us to put pieces together and help us to direct where we're going and how we're going to continue to do a search. Nevada County Sheriff's Office Captain Sam Brown said Monday, Rodney was last seen at a party at Prosser Family Campground around 12.30 a.m. August 6th. Around 200 to 300 teenagers and young adults from the region and as far away as the Bay Area reportedly attended the party. The last cellular data available from Rodney's phone came at 12.33 a.m. that day, according to officials. But efforts to locate Rodney have come up empty-handed. Placer County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Josh Barnhart says after this week, search efforts will be modified and geared toward a more task force style. As the search for Rodney moves into its second week, many in the community have asked why an Amber Alert hasn't been issued. California Highway Patrol Sergeant Eric Strecker addressed the matter during Monday's press conference. Quote, There's very detailed and specific criteria for Amber Alerts, and as much as we might want to get that information out, 
The specifications on what has to be met in order to meet that wasn't there. This reported by the Sierra Sun. Although California is currently contending with a historic drought, a new study indicates that climate change is sharply increasing the risk of a catastrophic mega-flood that could submerge large swaths of the state and displace millions of residents. The study by scientists at the National Center for Atmospheric Research finds that the likelihood of such a calamitous flood has already doubled due to climate change. Scientists of the study say if society were to follow a worst-case climate scenario of emitting greenhouse gases at a high rate, the state by later this century could expect to experience a catastrophic megaflood about every 30 to 35 years, instead of just once in two centuries. This reported by Ubinet. The man prosecutors deemed the mastermind behind the 1976 kidnapping of a bus driver and 26 children in Chowchilla has been granted parole. Fred Wood's suitability for parole was affirmed Tuesday, according to Terry Thornton, a spokesperson for the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. The hearing at the California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo was the 18th time Woods appeared before a parole board for a hearing, she said. The 70-year-old was imprisoned February 17, 1978, following the 1976 incident in which bus driver Edward Ray helped free 26 students kidnapped by Woods and brothers Richard and James Schoenfeld. The trio, who were from wealthy San Francisco Bay Area families, hijacked the school bus in an attempt to obtain a $5 million ransom. They buried the children ages 5 to 14, along with their bus driver in an old moving van east of San Francisco. The victims were able to dig their way out more than a day later. This from the Sacramento Bee. Turning our attention to your local weather and air quality index, According to the National Weather Service, this hot streak will continue for the week with widespread triple-digit high temperatures in the valley. The National Weather Service has also issued a heat advisory for the Sacramento Valley and the foothills in effect until 8 p.m. Friday. We could see temperatures in the valley reaching 107, while highs in the foothills climb to 105. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, isolated showers and thunderstorms before 11 p.m., mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming clear with a low around 69. Thursday, sunny skies with a high near 95. Current air quality is good with an AQI of 4. Thursday's air quality is good with a potential AQI of 45. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 49. A 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly before 2 a.m. Thursday, sunny with a high near 79 a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 a.m. Current air quality is good with an AQI of 12. Thursday's air quality is good with a potential AQI of 37. The National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement for this area. Monsoon moisture brings thunderstorms to the region this week, with the best chances extending through Thursday before diminishing into the weekend. These thunderstorms may bring lightning, new fire starts, and strong winds with periods of heavy rainfall and flash flooding. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly clear with a low around 67. Thursday, sunny and hot with a high near 104. Current air quality is moderate with an AQI of 83. Thursday's air quality is good with a potential AQI of 40. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR.
Many people encounter the effects of dementia at some point in their lives. KVMR's Felton Pruitt fills us in on an upcoming presentation about effective communication techniques and dementia. We're talking with Barbara Larson. She is the presenter of the carefully choreographed chaos, which is an effective communication technique for people with dementia. It's a presentation happening at the Madeline Helling Library on Thursday, August 25th. Barbara, why don't you tell us what this is about and why you're so involved in it? Well, um, I've been involved in the community, and most people know me in the community because of my years of working in the field of elder care, primarily uh, people with um, Alzheimer's disease and related disorders. And so now we've got this presentation, which is to basically, I guess, teach people how to communicate with people with dementia. Yes, let's understand. Yeah, to understand how the disease and how it progresses and understanding that uh, and recognize that all behaviors are forms of communication and validate rather than label feelings of people, understand where the feelings are coming from and use these senses as avenues for connection. There's so many ways to uh, to connect with people with dementia. I've been through this personally with my family, and it touches almost every family at some point. Yes, it does, unfortunately, yeah. So what can people expect with this presentation? Well, basically what I just said is, is understanding that a person, you know, with Alzheimer's disease or related dementia, what can I say? Um, as the mind unravels, the body becomes the anchor. So as long as we're trying to be reasonable with someone with, uh, with Alzheimer's disease or related dementia, we're not going to be able to really tap into who they are, the essence of who they are. So my work has basically been to work with the senses, to work with the feelings of the person, to validate their feelings and experience, and understand that, as I said earlier, that all behaviors are forms of communication. They're not separate from the disease. In other words, if a person wandering, that person is wandering for reason. And my job is to be a detective and find out what, what's happening with this person and why are they wandering and uh, what's going on? What, what was the incident that happened beforehand that they would get up and walk away or they would be distracted and what was going on with them? How can people get more information about this event? They can call and register if they want and learn more about it, or they can definitely, you know, email me if they want to know more about it. That's for sure. So what is the phone number and the email? So the phone number for registration is 916-728-9333, and then press 2. And it's free for the public, so there's no charge for this. Or you can email me, Barbara Larson, so it's B is in Barbara Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N, at nccn.net. And this all starts at 10.30 in the morning, runs till noon at the Madeline Helling Library in Nevada City. Anything else you want folks to know about the event? No, that, you know, if you have a loved one or if you're a care provider yourself, and because I've also worked with healthcare professionals in a variety of settings throughout my 37 years here, um, you know, come and understand how to, you know, communicate with someone with dementia, Alzheimer's or related dementia. And, um, and just general, if anybody's just interested, if they have a neighbor or a friend that they know that has this disease or, um, or if they just want to share their own experiences, please come. We've been talking with Barbara Larson. Thanks for all of this that's happening 
at the uh, Madeline Helling Library on Thursday, August 25th. It's called The Carefully Choreographed Chaos, Effective Communication Techniques for People with Dementia. Yes, thank you. We close with a commentary by Shirley Frerichs. Frerichs lives in Grass Valley and is active with Waste Not Nevada County. Lucky us to be able to go to the Yuba River to cool off during these hot days. Been there lately? Have you been appalled, like many of us, to see the amount of trash there? We can love our river and be kind to the environment by leaving the plastic bottles and containers at home. Uh, Can't take glass either, so grab your metal reusables for drink and food. Besides the locals, an estimated 800,000 visitors come to enjoy our beautiful river each year. Unfortunately, they leave a lot of trash behind, and we may too. Trash was one of the topics covered at the Plastic Free July event on June 27, created by the Waste Not Committee of the Nevada County Climate Action Now organization and produced by Nevada County Media. The event video is on their YouTube channel if you'd like to look at the whole thing. Daniel Elkin, South Yuba River Citizens League, S-Circle, Communications and Engagement Director, showed pictures and gave statistics from the 2021 cleanup. Since it began 25 years ago, Circle has picked up over 130 tons of garbage from our watershed. In 2021 alone, the cleanup crews picked up 863 takeaway, mostly plastic, containers, 1,767 bottles, mostly plastic, and 3,271 cigarette butts. The filters are made of microplastic fibers. Well, bless those volunteers. Elkin pointed out that microplastics in the river are a new and serious concern. They come from bigger plastics, like bottles and containers, that bounce around and degrade over time. Microplastics also slough off polyester and nylon clothing, worn or washed in the river. Unfortunately, these these plastics do get deposited in our river shallows and can be stuck there for years, depending on the rain and flow of the river. A research team showed that these items in the river only move an estimated of seven kilometers a year, so lots of time for them to break down into smaller and smaller particles to contaminate our water. Remember, plastics never really go away. Research shows that microplastics have entered water, food, and soils and are now being found in human bodies, causing health problems. So, The problem is not out there anymore. It's right in here. (laughs) Together, we can reduce the amount of plastics in our local watershed. Come on out to help pick up the trash September 10 through 17. Bring the kids so they can see for themselves what results from our throwaway society's habits and pledge to start new habits. Sign up for Circle's 25th Annual Volunteer River Cleanup Event at www.yubariver.org. Let's not love the Yuba to death. Elkin said, the best way to keep microplastics from contaminating our beautiful river is to not let them get there in the first place. So please pack out your stuff and politely remind others to do the same. Plastic creates a potent, toxic greenhouse gas, methane, as it degrades. We the people can do our parts to regenerate our environment. Thank you so much. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the speaker only, and not necessarily those of KVMR, its staff, management, board, or contributors.
That's our newscast for this Wednesday, August 17th. Visit us online at kvmr.org for anything you may have missed in tonight's newscast. KVMR gets support from listeners like you. And Evans Furniture Galleries, family owned in Northern California since 1966. Locations in Chico, Yuba City, and now Mill Street, Grass Valley. Decorating homes and offices with traditional to contemporary furniture, decor, lighting designs. Evans-Furniture.net And Dignity Health, treating patients with compassionate care and commitment while providing a range of medical expertise and a dose of human kindness. Details at DignityHealth.org slash locations. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Join us Thursday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News.